0: Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, I guess it's our turn, isn't it? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Mike Raley here. And Ann Clapp is right there. I'm right here. Right there. Mm-hmm. Morning to you. And uh, the former Secretary of State and Attorney General and current uh, Secretary General of Gardening is here in all his glory. And, all here. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure what uh, color glasses I would describe. Well, kind of a
1: green. but pretending to be Carolina blue around the No,
0: that's not Carolina blue.
1: But well, it is sort of aqua.
0: <laughs> they look like I'm talking about his glasses, of course, his reading glasses. My, my
1: designer glasses from Dollar that's Tree and Solar <laughs> City.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> and Nelson Cox is with us uh, this morning uh, from the Garden Hut in Fuquay, Arena. Because she owns it, (laughs) log, stock, and barrel, and she brought some plants and some peanuts this morning. Are those uh, Bertie County peanuts?
2: These are Baker's uh, peanuts, but we do have Bertie County and Baker's peanuts. Where's
0: Baker's out of?
2: They are in uh, Winnebago, No, Roxabelle, North Carolina.
0: Golly, I love geography of North Carolina, but I'm not familiar with Roxabelle. I'm ashamed to say that, but I'll I'll sure find it.
2: I know you will. Roxabelle. Roxabelle. What
0: a great name,
1: Rufus. You know, I, I'm just sitting here thinking. I'm supposed to be every little nook and cranny in the state. I've That's heard, right. You I've should. Heard, I've heard of it, but I have not been there.
2: They grow peanuts. <laughs> uh, okay.
1: Well,
0: it must be <laughs> the in the
2: northeastern of the part of the right. uh, state.
0: It must be, uh, let's see, um, what, are, what are some of the this, places Let's do Northampton.
2: Let's see. I I'm gonna Google it. Yeah. But why don't today you do that? is shop small, shop local, shop small, and we are giving away these peanut packets from both Bertie County. And last time I was on a couple of weeks ago, I think I brought Tom Campbell and and you. Uh, I
0: enjoyed those during my my.
1: Some stay. Bertie
2: County peanuts. So today I'm giving you the opportunity to sample the Baker's peanuts Well,
0: Roxabelle is in is in Bertie County, too. Oh, okay. Which is just uh, kind of a little bit north. Northeast of Williamston.
2: Well, we're covering Bertie County. Yeah,
0: today. certainly are. Uh, one of my good childhood friends said, "Man, his father was an extension agent in Nash County when we were growing up. Johnny Stallings' father was, and uh, they moved to. I think he became the extension director in Bertie County. This was back in the '60s. So, yeah, I've always felt uh, felt." Uh, Pretty good about Bertie County. There's some great great folks down there. I think his his sister, Johnny's sister, Nene, was a pharmacist down there. And uh, so. Yeah. Well, like I
1: told you about that time we had a Christmas parade down there, and I was invited to go to be the ringmaster or whatever you. The,
0: Grand Marshal? Grand
1: Marshal of the parade.
0: Well, <laughs> not, not the ringmaster. Well, I, the Barton I, Bailey <laughs> Rufus. It, well, it, what I'm
1: going to tell you, you'll make you think it is. And uh, I expected, you know, three or four floats. But got there in this big flatbed truck with a crate on and a hog in it. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was the extent of the parade plus me in a convertible oh, in Bertie County.
2: Well, at least you didn't
0: have to have the hog. With well, did you it? laugh your way
1: all through it, or did you just smile? I just waved a
0: lot. <laughs> For every vote counts. Oh, my.
1: I will never forget that. That's a big old, that's a big old hog, too. I bet <laughs> so,
0: yeah. How about that? Well, good gracious! So we've we've learned a little bit about North Carolina this morning. We always hope to educate, even, even – um, about things other than gardening so you brought some wonderful stuff and i was hoping you would i was hoping you'd bring in some japanese maple leaves i i was been marveling the last few days about the japanese maples i was riding mm-hmm. through ann's neighborhood and there were some just
2: spectacular mm-hmm. oh yeah i so enjoyed uh going to the farm on thanksgiving day it's some beautiful maples just beautiful uh, the colors, the intensity, the golds, the orange, the reds, the different hues of of, of the reds, so just stunning. So I brought today um, a coral bark maple with the golden orange color, and I brought a fire glow maple and a sherwood uh, maple, so they're they're all different but beautiful, yeah, now the like
0: the blood good, which is a, a fairly standard, very large. Mm-hmm. Japanese maple, a lot of people have, have the, the maroon leaves, like like one of your uh, – mm-hmm. but the, the leaves look very, very different than than that one. That's yes. more of a cut leaf. Is that a really small variety? What's the name of that again? Uh, Sherwood. Sherwood. It's, um,
2: yeah, it's not quite going to get as large as the blood good, but um, still a good probably 18, 20 feet. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I really like – of course, I love uh, – Coral barks. I have a couple of coral barks. And I have another one, the Sago... Uh, Sango, Sango Kaku. Yeah. Which is a coral
2: bark, yeah.
0: Yeah. But it, does it grow smaller?
2: You may have Benikawa, which is a red dwarf kind of coral bark, if you how,
0: will. When you say dwarf, how big does it grow? Benikawa
2: is probably going to get maybe six, six to eight foot, something like that.
0: Uh-huh. So do you have... Do you, are these from trees at your place?
2: Yes. Yes, I went from Apex to Fuquay and clipped in the dark and then headed this way. Wow! Okay.
1: <laughs> well, bless your I'd heart. Say, there's a bandit out there on the highway.
0: How yeah. High fast? Well, you you don't drive fast.
2: No, not when I'm riding beside you. But <laughs> well, I...
1: well, if you're riding with him, he's fast too.
2: <laughs> only
0: in spurts. Only, only in spurts. spurts if I'm trying to, and trying he'll,
1: to pass him. You'll end up in Orange County and trying to find a restaurant if you don't walk. In, do you? <laughs> Wait a minute. That was
0: not my fault. Well, when, that was not my fault.
1: When you're in Timberlake, North Carolina, trying to find a restaurant, end up in Orange county
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's some pretty country out there oh, like. man, i'm had, telling you we had a good time so and we're going back dave bradsher wants us to come back oh, and, and and rob are you going to behave uh, yourself we're gonna well we we, <laughs> yeah. I, we behaved ourselves up there good gracious so uh tell us tell us about uh, more about these japanese maples and uh, the
2: you, Benikawa, I looked up, I think I said 6 to 8, and it says 5 to 15. That's a large range. But, boy, uh, it sure is. Most of the ones that I actually have one on the farm, and and it's been in the ground 20-some years, and I, I'd say it's probably about 8 foot.
0: Do you have Benikawa in
2: We stock? are out of Benikawa right now, but we do have beautiful 7-gallon um kaku, which is the, the coral bark that'll get 22, 25 feet
0: how about that that's just uh, the bright bright yellow on the coral bark
2: Mm-hmm. and a little orange to it yeah really pretty and and i'm always excited when the leaves drop too and you have these beautiful uh red red bark red stems
0: yes uh especially a little more so on the the newest yes uh newest stems mm-hmm. but what is your favorite favorite japanese maple for for color is it the coral bark or?
2: Um, gosh, it's that's a, a tough one. There's so many of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of consider the coral bark um, more in its own class. And so you have to have that color in the landscape. But as far as like, um, you know, when we speak of blood goods, there's so many other beautiful, wonderful cult- cultivars, um, yeah. Emperor One. But I really like Fire Glow. Um, the sun, the morning sun, the evening uh-huh. sun that hits it in the fall, it just shines. It's just stunning, and fire glow uh, tends to be um, a little shorter than um, than some of the other red blood good maples, emperor one maples. Um, so I just really like the habit of that that tree. So beautiful.
0: Mm. I mean, there are sizes for, for just about everybody for, for Japanese maples. Mm-hmm. Uh, some very small weeping ones. Rufus, do you have any any that's favorite certain, Japanese maples?
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the blood good of, of different varieties because it's just so stark. And uh, I, I, I have, I don't know who gave it to me, an evergreen maple. Have you heard of those? They don't shed their leaves and they stay evergreen. But there's not, it just stays that way the whole time.
2: Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, we've had a few of those before. I've never planted one. It um, has a little bit of a smaller leaf to it, I believe. Yes, it
1: does. <coughs> and I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to – I like maple to do what it's supposed to do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, so
1: I'm not going to go crazy about that one.
0: Well, the maples the, the maples have looked very good this year anyway. And so have the crepe myrtles.
2: Oh, yeah, they've been beautiful as well i mean there's there's so many plants with beautiful fall color mm-hmm. um you know, even the witch hazels um the edgeworthias are are starting i mean they're they're primarily green, but you'll have a lot of lower they have a large leaf, so when you see the leaves with that yellow color, just beautiful
0: yeah the the blooms are are forming on the oh, edgeworthia. Yeah, yeah,
2: they're looking really stellar. Uh, it's going to be a great plant. I, I feel like we sell more of them when they drop their foliage because the uh, the leaves are so large. They leave a, um, a pretty large uh, leaf scar, um, the little leaf bud scar. Yeah, comes, that's part of the charm. Exactly. Of the, the little lentils the and the brown and then the, the white fuzzy uh, finger-like flowers. Just It's just a beautiful tree and, and uh, very underused and um, I feel pretty comfortable we 've got a pretty good stock of those right now, so um well, I
1: like the color of the oak leaf hydrangea they oh yeah. just go wild. yeah, yeah, these
0: are kind of a maroony, but some some red uh, brighter reds in it, and it, yeah that's that 's one of my that 's my favorite hydrangeas. see
2: and the conifers are beautiful right now, I mean they just really intensify and get that dark golden color um this was this is one of the lace. Fern lace um Camisipras, just it is just beautiful, very ferny like foliage.
0: Camisiprus, what is a, a a name that we might well, recognize more?
2: <clears throat> so this one is um is closer to like a fern spray cypress, like a golden fern okay. spray, but this one's so l- it's little a little a type bit more cypress. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of people are familiar with gold mop cypress, that, yeah. that's a chamisyparus. So but there's so many. I mean, trust me. Um, the the little hinoki cypress the little golden hinoki cypress the dwarf hinoki cypress so those are all some of the the Cypress.
0: all right we'll uh, talk more about the plants that neltza brought in and about the peanuts by the way roxabelle is called peanut town that's their that's their uh, nickname okay Uh, all right more of the weekend gardener coming up here on wptf it's 819 For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener, and since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard, a WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF at 823. Mike Rayley here, along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmiston and Nelson Cox of the Garden Hot. Rufus, uh, you were you were talking about a, a friend of yours and a listener.
1: Well, he's, he's, uh, he, he's a new friend, I believe. Uh, as usual, after about 30 years, the 30th, 31st year of going and spending uh, Thanksgiving Day and, the, well, most of the week at Pinehurst to celebrate, I'm sitting at the Pinehurst Hotel big dining room on uh, Thanksgiving night for the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And this waiter who is named Mike, Mike. says, uh, I'm familiar with that voice and that name. <laughs> He said, "Who are you?" I said, "Well, I'm I'm Rufus Edmiston." He says, "Are you the weekend gardener?" Oh, God.
2: <laughs> so
1: all the things that you've
0: done in your life, they associate yeah. you now with the show. That's and great. It,
1: he said, I, "I drive on Saturday Saturday mornings. I'm doing a, another job. I think he delivers groceries." Oh, and he says, "I I tune in to WPTF, the only show on that station I listen to." The Wow. He said some other things, but I'm not going to say them here. Okay. Really well, well. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I just enjoyed that so much, and I heard that voice, and I thought, I recognize that. Oh,
0: that's great.
1: So that capped off a wonderful weekend I going bet over, so. to, over to uh, this. If you've never been to the Sand Hills Community College Arboretum, yeah, what a treat. Mm, just so full of camellias.
2: That's, that's the most group of Camellias you've seen around I, uh, yeah. here? Yeah,
1: it, it's just it, it's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and it was just full of. It has a Japanese maple section, mm-hmm. which I just feasted on, and it it has just every every kind of uh, over probably a fifty. I'd say around fifty acres worth, and a beautiful stream that they, they built running through the place, and it's just worth a trip down there, even if you're not even going to stay in in Pinehurst or Southern Pines. And so it capped off a wonderful thing, except now when I I went to check out yesterday, had two flat tires, both both tires on the right side of my car. I'm going to talk about this to show you the the goodness in mankind. And two flat tires, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I hadn't even loaded up my luggage yet. And you think, how to spoil a wonderful weekend. Well, the nice man who is – what do you call those nice people that handle baggage? Not uh, Anyway, one of those nice people that greet you and help you with their baggage.
0: At the Carolina bellhop, Hotel. Like a bellhop.
1: At bellhop at yeah. the Carolina Hotel. Said, let's see if we can just fix that somewhere. And he went up there and got a compressor, uh, took the cap off of his own tire because my cap was blown in the fuse and the uh, the core was blown on the, on the uh The stem. The stem. And a nail in the other one that I soon found out, and enough to get me to Clark Cadillac, which was the the most beautiful old style nineteen twenty one building there in Pinehurst, and they took me right in like I was a, oh. like I was a stranger. And uh, then again, the fellow said, "I've heard that name before."
0: <laughs> well, I guess he has.
1: He said, "I've heard that name," or uh, but not from this show. I'm from he he said, uh, "Do you?" Uh, uh have something to do with politics i said no i used to sir <laughs> I, said, I said i'm recovering now <laughs> but but another little anecdote about our our friend mike that was the server that night he said you just weren't ex- what i expected <laughs> i said well what did you expect he said i expected a dried up little old man
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: like, good oh my! well Lord. you don't
0: sound like a dried up little old
1: man yeah. I said, Well, I'm I'm not little, that's for sure. <laughs> I I've, I've waxed and grown strong. But it was a wonderful trip. Uh ends up well and with people doing kind things yeah. to get you out of trouble. The troubles you may have. Are, that's right. If you're decent to people, good things will come to you. That that's my rule in life. If you be good to people,
0: then they'll be good when you, you need them
1: they'll be good to you. Yeah.
0: Well that's that's sort of what you expect though at uh at the holly inn and carolina hotel and mm-hmm. places like that down in pinehurst that's
1: uh yeah, go, go the way to help you when you've got up the <clears> absolutely front. but
0: they're good people too yeah that's a great place to visit well, we i'm glad get, that's where you went and we got to get some tires fixed next week <laughs> yeah that's right you do all right uh, we'll we'll talk we got about a minute before uh anything else to say about about uh, the japanese maples there so you have? do you have a pretty good stock of them right now? I know that we, this time of year you're a little more limited.
2: We do, and, you know, I, I feel like here in the next, uh, you know, five to ten days is, is if you want to see them, because uh, leaves are starting to drop. I mean, we're that right. time of year, so um, you, you just do have enough time over the next week to, to come in, see the beautiful fall color on them. Right. It's a great time to, to buy a maple, and it's certainly a great time to plant um, uh, maples to get their their roots all hunkered down and uh, prepared for for uh, next uh, summer's uh, heat, um, but it, they're really tough plants. They're great plants, and they can tolerate shade or sun.
0: Yeah, amazing. Uh, the green leaf ones I think a little more hardy than the red leaf ones in the sun, but
2: uh, perhaps. Yeah.
0: All right. More of the weekend gardener coming up 919-860-9783. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Alrighty, we're back on WPTF. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and Nelson Cox, owner of the Garden Hut, and Herb is in Durham. Herb, good morning, my friend.
3: Good morning, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. Hope it went well. Yes,
0: sir. Had a pretty good one, thank you. I hope you yeah. did.
3: Yeah, I did, and actually, Thanksgiving is, Still with me? I'm I'm struggling with it, but I'm exercising, so I think it'll get better.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now you're you're from um, Jamesville, so you oh, you know you know where Roxabelle is, don't you?
3: Oh yeah, I have a friend. I have a couple <laughs> of friends who are from Roxabelle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: By the way, We were talking about that. We have some, some peanuts from Baker's Peanuts, and they're out of Roxabelle, peanut town, <laughs> as they call themselves.
3: I, so. I actually have a bag that someone gave me from there, as a matter of fact. I've actually driven by there. Oh, wow. I have a, I have a question. Yeah. Um, a couple years ago, uh, I had my, let's see, snowball hydrangea, uh, hydrangeas almost wiped out. I thought I, they were gone. But now, there are a couple I got from my grandmother, and so I've got two questions. One is, I look at them now, and they have buds on them looking almost like rhododendron. And I guess that means that uh, they're going to probably bloom a little bit uh, next year?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: You're lucky.
3: Yeah, I am, because I thought I had lost them. I have... Uh my grandmother's at the home place uh over seventy years and I was thinking about for sentimental reason grafting maybe not grafting, but uh trying to root a couple sprigs. Has anybody ever done that?
2: Oh yeah, and, and you should. Um that would be great. Probably my guess with uh if it's a viburnum, um my guess would be uh probably semi hardwood, so not the tender new growth. But uh, that that kind of May June wood would probably be ideal, um, or possibly if you would have called it an early fall. Um, Okay, you know Michael Durr uh, Landscape Plants, uh, the Woody Ornamental Manual Landscape Plants of the Southeast, um, always has great tips on propagating uh, different different genuses, species, different types of plants. Um, you know, whether they use rooting powder or uh, when you do it and what type of wood. Um, so that, that, was, that is something that I would consider referencing um, for a better success and take.
3: Okay. I have one more quick tip, Mike. I yes, sir. Know, I know this is not ask your neighbor. Well. And that you have to remember that I'm in the older group. Um, that's fine. That's, that's fine. right. It <laughs> was uh, one of the joys of my life to do that show. Thinking of Thanksgiving, we had uh, collards. And one of the things I know that people do these days is they take the stems out. I mean, we had big stems. So they don't even put the stems in anymore. So what I do is I take these big stems, separate them out from the leaves, and I just boil them until they're tender and butter and garlic, and you've got poor man's asparagus. Oh, good
0: <laughs> How about that?
3: That's a good one.
0: Now, Herb, do you season, do you use a seasoning meat or fat back or something with
3: your collards? Uh, actually, um, I'm not a, well, maybe I am ashamed. I don't eat meat, so. Oh, Okay. I'm, I, I'm not kosher, so I don't mind having the seasoned meat in there if so sure. I want to do it.
0: Yeah, well, that's fine. But,
3: yeah, when I go to events where people have collards, what I do is I stick my fork in there, and if I hear an ornk or a squeak,
2: ah, I, it, it,
0: it,
3: now what? Now,
0: how does your mother fix collards?
3: Well, she. I'm not sure how she does it now, but she used to put a ham hock in them. Before. Ham hock, okay. And I will tell, I will tell you a, a, a quick thing, Mike. I grew up in a time uh, where we ate collards, warmed up collards for breakfast. So, uh, oh wow, yeah.
0: Well, that's that certainly wasn't unusual at at one time.
3: Yeah, put them in a frying pan, warm them up. There you go. Well, look, I've taken up enough time. Happy Thanksgiving! It's great to hear all of your voices. Oh, it's nice Thank to hear you. yours, Herb and Rufus. We we shall return after yesterday. We shall return.
1: Oh, absolutely! I I have great hope for the future.
3: All right. Have a great day.
0: Thank you, Herb. You too, my friend. Yeah. So uh, collards, collards for breakfast. I don't know. <laughs> I,
2: I'm That's more a of a, a
0: turnip salad, mustard green type person with a little fat back thrown in.
2: I like them all.
0: And some cornbread. Do you,
1: give me give me a lot of vinegar there.
2: Do you like uh the turnip bulb itself?
0: Like No, I've never warmed up to turnip. See, I I have this this affliction of uh it, it I had sheer terror from Nashville Elementary uh, cafeteria. Oh my. And some of the, <laughs> some of the things like Like rutabagas and uh, canned rutabagas and turnips and garden peas, things like that. Now, they had the best vegetable soup in the world. Oh, wow. But some of those things –
2: it can smell up a kitchen, but I prefer to eat it raw, but I've had them, uh, you know, cooked to death and kind of where they look like almost like mashed potatoes or something like that. And it's it's okay, but –
1: A while back, you should have been around now, so we had almost half the show – was devoted to turnips. Oh, that's <laughs> right. and I, I thought, oh, well, I'll never eat another turnip.
0: Well, we just just brought people out of the woodworks with that, mm-hmm. but uh, now it's just not country to eat, eat collards turnip. and turnips For- and stuff raw. Oh, got I
2: like them. I like them cooked and and raw. Uh, well. Now, Mike, you missed it a couple weeks ago. We uh, had a radish sampling. Mm. Remember that, Rufus? Yes. We certainly I should did. have brought some this morning
0: so I, I, I brought in Tom terrific for a radish
2: yes they, a were, they
1: were totally as big as a tangerine they
2: were big
0: but you have uh, you showed us a photo of broccoli that you had grown
2: yeah we've got broccoli coming in now I've got probably is know. that up on the hill there yeah, yep
0: your your experiment station
2: yeah well it's <laughs> I don't know if it's an experiment because it happens every year and <laughs> we eat well.
0: I bet so. So, what's the secret to growing broccoli?
2: Well, I would say uh, with broccoli and and cabbage um, and collards, um, and cabbage collards, I usually uh, plant them end of August or first of September. And I would say that the first three weeks, maybe the first, uh, depending on the weather, three to five weeks, once a week, I go out and I spray them with BT. Uh, that will keep the cabbage looper. Um, any little caterpillars or worms that that love uh, these cool season vegetables and it's perfectly safe. Perfectly safe, for human it's, beings. Yep, Bacillus thuringiensis. It's a beneficial bacteria, um, so it's perfectly safe. Um, and it just it just gives the plant that three to five week start without um, you know pest getting on them, and then they just grow beautiful.
0: Mm, sounds great, Rufus. Do you grow any fall crops?
2: I really
1: don't, because you've got to remember where I live. Yeah, shady. So close to the farmer's market. Oh, well, oh. that's true, too. <laughs> that's yeah. true, too. But you yes. could grow some, some lettuce when I, I have like, I have my, some greens. my huge washtub full of greens right now. Yeah. Just full.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so you can grow of a few things. Four or five
1: kinds of lettuce. And,
2: I, just, yeah. I love to grow radish and beets and uh, turnips.
0: God, Melissa loves beets. She just loves beets.
2: They taste like dirt, but I can do them pickled.
0: Yeah, well, she cleans them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to wash them good. But and do you, do you ever grow any any uh, fall vegetables? Not uh, or now. Have you? I, well, I have. You? I,
2: ha- I have. Back in in the days when Alan and I were first married, that was one of the things that uh-huh. we.
0: You grew a lot of vegetables. We huh? Grew a
2: lot of vegetables. Oh, then. Okay. But chard, and I mean, it's beautiful to grow. Yeah, something about the the stems. I've tried it a bunch of ways. I put it in soups, which ruins the whole soup. I've sautéed them, ruins the whole sauté. They just it just is kind of like the the chard and Swiss chard and uh, beets to me. They just taste like dirt.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, now I will grow. This, this Chinese – I call it Chinese cabbage. Yeah,
2: the mm-hmm. one that grows real vertical. Yeah. Real
1: vertical. I love to eat it's that raw. It's a beautiful raw. color, too. Oh, my goodness. It? Yes. Now, you so, don't like
0: kale, though, do you?
1: I can't stand that
2: stuff. Man, I'd love to put it in soup, sneak it in. You'd like my soup, Rufus. Oh, not yeah. if you snug it yeah, in. Yeah, you have to sneak it in and not let me know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Melissa does that to me sometimes. She'll sneak sneak stuff in, and sometimes don't I'm. Know. sometimes I know, sometimes I don't. Well, that's just just make the a way things of,
2: work. Pot of beef barley soup. That's good. Throw some carrots and kale and cabbage. Throw it all in there. You know, kale is
1: the thing right now. It. I. I hope it'll go out of style. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, is it? Does uh, does Linda make stuff with with kale? Oh, she She'll
1: do it in a minute. <clears throat> as long as it's something green, yeah. and she eats salads with no dressing. That is. No, I do too. Oh, you, you're another one of those choir people.
2: Yes, I am. <laughs> well, okay, that's, then. Uh, yeah, I don't... I just, I don't like ranch and mayonnaise. I might do a little uh, vinegar and oil, but I typically am one to eat my salad by itself. Well, and you're the, the it second has, one I've ever known. Well, I like has, vinegar and oil. That's good. If it has um, homegrown tomatoes in it, you don't need salad dressing. That's what she said. Those things just juice it up, mm-hmm. and it's so good. So good. mm. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know how we got onto that, but it was good. I don't
2: know. I wonder if anybody ever tracked down Miss Clausen so we could hear the aversion to my mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, that's right. I was going to
0: say something again about you being
1: anti-mayonnaise. Was that your
2: third-grade teacher? She was a fourth-grade teacher. Fourth-grade. Yeah. She that's really Claussen. warped you on that, didn't she? She did. She broke yeah. me. Yep.
1: That's like Mike with those turnips.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, those canned turnips. Can oh, do Lord. Do. Yeah, yeah. canned can turnips and okay. rutabagas. Johnny Hood's the only person I ever met who like,
2: Rutabagas. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people from Rocky Mountain. I've got a, a friend really? from Rocky Mountain. She loves rutabaga pie. Oh goodness. Rutabaga pie, a rhubarb pie, and a rhubarb. Rutab- that's yeah. that's it, But she likes cooked rutabagas. Yeah, rutabagas. Yeah. Well, okay. I've
1: often wondered why do you mess up a good strawberry pie <laughs> by putting rutabar, rhubarb in it? <laughs> I
2: don't
1: know. I just can't understand that. Hmm. Now well. I'll eat an artichoke, pickled artichoke. I love them.
2: Too much work, but not pickled
1: pigs meat. feet. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't go there much.
2: <laughs> but, yet you're but, the chi- but yet
1: you're in the Chitlin Club. Oh, I, uh, uh, absolutely, yes. and, and we're we're so do, uh dismayed this year that of course there will be no no Chitlin Club meeting because of the coronavirus, and it's just messed up everything.
0: Well, and we're going to have to take a break because of that. I don't think we'll be able to speak we, after we that wouldn't for a be able while. To. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston and uh, my friend, Nelson Cox. She's kind of like a little sister. It's a <laughs> kind of mischievous little sister. Very good. The way it's. <laughs> so, of uh, the Garden Hut in Fuqua Verena. And Rufus was just talking about, off the air, the magnificent Fragrant osmanthus, and they're starting to. There's some around my neighborhood with blooms. I think in my yard, and it's just a magnificent plant. It's bloomed so many times this year. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know any anybody that can have a real landscape without having one or two of them spread around somewhere. With I have a hedge that's at least twenty five feet tall that covers the the car, so you don't see the car where I park it, and it. You can come through the gate, which is a good uh, tenth of a mile away, and you can smell the whole place. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: It can get, almost you can overwhelm you if you don't watch it.
0: And as we've mentioned several times over the years, it's a very reliable plant. There are some varieties now with uh, the, mainly the the white, tiny little white blooms, but there's some with orange mm-hmm. blooms. Now that I, I you have any of that.
1: We
2: don't. No, sir. We, I haven't. Had you don't any have any
0: period, do you? Right now, we
2: we actually sold the last uh, five or six um, th- just this past week. Um, so hopefully next week we'll track some more down. But I haven't had the orange one probably in about three years.
1: Oh, I'm. I'm Mike has mentioned that several times, and I'm
0: looking for one. Well, uh, I've got one, but I think I put it in too shady a spot, and it hadn't. Uh, it, it's only gotten a. Two or three little tiny blooms on it that I've yeah, seen. we need to
2: get that puppy moved out. Yeah. Um, you know where you might get one is out um, in Zebulun. Uh, what is it, Treasure Island out there? Pat McCracken has, I think is what I'm it's called. I'm not familiar with that
1: shop. It'd be a nice fairly, day trip. Uh,
2: fairly new, but – and he's probably – at this, this time of year, he's probably doing by appointment only. I think he may also have uh, – perhaps be set up out at the farmers' market with Christmas wares and goods uh-huh. uh, but he probably has that Pat McCracken um, I believe it's called Treasure Island I think that's what it's yeah. called now I, it I
1: would advise people to to buy them when you can test to see if they're got a smeller because once in a while it's like you it's tragic but you can get a gardenia or other things that don't even smell that's right. just something peculiar to them but yeah. buy, buy your stuff when you're going to know what it will look like. And if it's supposed to be a, a plant with a wonderful aroma to it, get it where you can smell it.
0: Yeah, the, the mock orange is mm-hmm. yep. is one of the plants that they've done so many genetic things with it to, uh, I guess, make blue, the bloom more prominent, bigger, mm-hmm. et cetera, that it lost its, it's fragrance. Lost yeah. fragrance. Well, that's, yeah, that's such a shame. Sweet Betsy is, yeah. is another one that quite often may not have a fragrance, so you, you buy it when you – it when it is That's blooming right. mm-hmm. and sometimes it, it smells good now n- nelson is eating a tangerine or or a uh, what is it called it's i not, think
2: it's a yeah one of the little tanger. Little tangerine yeah.
0: yeah it's a small tangerine
2: clementine, anyway. or clementine
0: yeah clementine or that smells so good now if we could <laughs> if the orange if the orange fragrant os- osmanthus Wouldn't would smell like great? a tangerine mm-hmm. that would be even better but it smells good in its own right. So, but there are no variegated varieties of osmanthus oh, there
2: fragrance. There are, there are, fragrant but, are? wise, fragrant wise uh, yeah. I think there's a, a variegated uh, osmanthus fragrance. Yeah. Oh. Just,
1: well, I've got one that it is variegated, but it is not scented. It looks more like a holly to me than it does. Uh, that's
2: probably the the. Well, it could be uh, either just the variegated uh, or it. Or you could have the Golshiki uh, osmanthus. Both of them false hollies, yes. Huh. Beautiful variegation. One of them has just the cream and green variegation. The other one is more of a a yellow kind of swirl, mottled swirl of kind of yellow speckles and green-white varieg- green, I got the, the, the,
1: the former that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. And all the
0: genetics
2: so went into to the
0: color rather than the fragrance, I guess.
2: Well, that particular osmanthus is not – osmanthus um, fragrance it's osmanthus i want to say fortunia um, so all of the osmanthus don't have it's osmanthus heterophilus
0: so yeah so it's only the the osmanthus fragrance, fragrance that has right. has the scent now I, i've seen i saw when i was in charleston a couple of weeks ago a lot of fatsia
2: mm-hmm.
0: around and there are some variegated fatsia yes And the fatsia have been blooming Mm -hmm. down there. And and, um, my buddy Chip Winstead uh, sent me a picture yesterday of one of his blooming.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They get the big ball. Yeah. Very unusual looking. And really the uh, wasps and things of that nature will really go to it as well.
1: Rufus,
0: you got any fatsia blooming?
1: I certainly do. I have probably ten fatsia bushes around the place. And one of them is so big, I'm going to say that it's, it's a good eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. Probably six feet wide.
0: Oh, well,
2: that's you, happy.
1: And you talk about the bees. Oh my goodness!
2: They get on those little brown arbuscan. Yeah. The 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 little bloom, or if you will, arbuscan, and it looks like the coronavirus. It. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah,
0: all those photos. Yeah, yes, without the color. Yeah. <laughs> see, was well. Yeah, yeah. Check those out. Fats is kind of.
2: It's a fun plant.
0: Yeah, it is. It's kind of tropical looking. Yeah.
2: So it's yep. it's something Good. nice
0: and
3: a shade plant.
2: Yep, shade and very drought tolerant. And uh, it's just a fun plant. Um, and, you know, it, it's deer resistant. It's just – it's a durable, tough plant.
0: And do you have any fats here?
2: Never have had any. Huh. I well, I have – no
0: the only one I have is variegated. Mm-hmm. So you'd be happy with that. Yeah, there you go. Good yeah. Day. I don't remember who gave me that, but it it's – just a, just a wonderful plant.
1: No, we're not talking about a fat attack. We're talking about. No, no, <laughs> we're talking about. We're not, fat not calling yet. somebody
0: fancy. We're just
1: <laughs> come here, you old fat.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh me! It's we'll just like old like Hap Hanson, my buddy Hap, years ago uh, when it was real cold. He says, "Mike, this is fat folks' weather." <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, goodness! Hell happenstance. Uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Now, you have um, something else there, yellow elysium. Yep,
2: yeah, that's the – That's foliage. a great
0: plant to add to a landscape for a different color. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's reliable, too.
2: We have these by some uh, Laura Pedulums, and so that burgundy uh, foliage with this beautiful, dark, uh, golden um, color is just stunning. Uh, mm-hmm. Upright habit uh, versus the lower and more of a kind of a spreader, um, but you know, great color combinations. Um, so yeah, there's something for everybody. You need some gold and some variegation and some some uh, beautiful fall color in your life.
0: That's right. You you in the dark you picked out some great stuff this morning. <laughs> I did. I did. did. <laughs> they, they all contrast very flashlight. well. Now what are you holding?
2: Now this plant has gained crazy popularity. Uh, Over the last probably five to ten years, um, I first got uh, one of these plants um, in Athens – no, Augusta, South Carolina from um, uh, Nurseries Caroliniana, Ted uh, Stevens. And it's a distilium, which is more – at that time, a shade plant, flowers in the little little red axils – or the axles you get the little red flowers they're not very significant but this is heavily used everywhere in all these construction new construction landscapes now what's it called again uh Distilium, um but there's so many cultivars i mean blue this one happens to be blue cascade uh so there's a little bit different habits to some of them but it's a great shrub uh, deer resistant uh just a nice slender dark green leaf good. great plant
3: more uh, of the weekend gardener coming up